First Peter. Today's message is entitled, Drop That Baggage. And uh, I want to ask you a question. How many of us have baggage? Would you raise your hand? How many of you? Yeah, now by baggage, I'm talking about stuff that is still in your life that maybe the Lord doesn't want you to hang on to, right? All right, so now how many of you still have baggage? Yes, amen, we do. Okay. We're going to continue this sermon series. It's a sermon series designed for people who are going through difficult times. How do I respond when life is hard? How can I keep from getting stuck, you know? I commit my life to Jesus Christ, but I get stuck and I can't seem to move forward in my faith. I can't seem to grow and get beyond these painful and difficult circumstances. How can I be strong and move forward in my faith? How can I use this painful, difficult circumstance that is in my life to help me grow in my relationship with the Lord? That's what this sermon series is all about. I do want to welcome the people who have joined us by way of the internet and Thank you for being part of this sermon series. Thank you for listening online, and you can follow right along with us. If you'll download that listening guide, it will help you uh, to take notes, and we pray that you'll be blessed by this study of God's Word. I'm reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. In this text, Peter uh, is talking to people who are going through really difficult trials. They are persecuted, they're isolated, they're discouraged, they're having a rough time. And so he writes to them about how to endure persecution, how to go through painful and difficult times, how to go through times when you feel isolated, discouraged, and alone. And he writes to them about their relationship with the Lord. Here's what he says in 1 Peter chapter 2. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, he wants you to lay aside some stuff, get rid of some stuff. Because when you commit your life to Jesus Christ, if you keep carrying the baggage, you're not going to make much progress. So he's telling us, look, if you really want to get through this difficult time, there's some stuff that you need to drop. Just drop it. Get rid of it. If you really want to move forward, because, now listen, the purpose of the painful events in our lives is to help us come to terms with the stuff we need to get rid of. It really is. It's to draw us close to the Lord. It's to expose things in our lives that are not where they should be. It's kind of like this. God puts pressure on you to squeeze to the surface that which he wants to deal with. Everybody okay? When you are squeezed by pressure, pain, difficulty, trials, rough relationships, when you are squeezed by God, he will bring to the surface 
what is inside your life that he wants to deal with. That's what this passage is about. Whenever God puts the squeeze on you, he intends to deliver you. He intends to move you forward in your faith. He intends to do good things, to set you free, to bless you, to give you joy. He intends to do good things in your life, but you've got to cooperate. You can't drag your sin into your relationship with the Lord. You can't drag your bad attitudes and your old habits into the relationship with the Lord. He insists that you drop that baggage. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. That's why I asked if everybody had baggage. Listen, listen, friend, you may think you have a lot more baggage, but the truth of the matter is, all of us have it. And we're all dealing with it. Every last one of us. Okay. So he says, lay aside these things as newborn babes. All right, I'm a newborn Christian. I'm brand new, just like these young people. I'm brand new in the faith, and I'm trying to grow. How am I going to do that? As newborn babes, desire the pure milk of the Word, that you may grow thereby. So here's what Peter says. I want you to get rid of these bad attitudes, and I want you to replace them with some good attitudes that are going to come right out of the Bible. We'll talk about those good attitudes and those bad attitudes today. Indeed, if you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. The word gracious means good and kind and loving and faithful. What happens is when God puts the squeeze on your life and he brings these things to the surface, what you find is that he is a good God, a loving Father. He always knows what's right, and he knows how to help you. You and I don't always like his methods, but he's always right, and he's always effective in what he does in our lives. He's always right. He knows how to move us forward. And we cling on to things that we think we just can't live without, and we hang on to them, and the Lord says, drop it. And as soon as we drop it, he puts in our hands what we've been looking for all of our lives. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Drop that baggage. Drop that baggage. All right. The Word of God gives us some real help going through painful and stressful times. Listen, everybody's going through something. You know that. The Apostle Peter urges us to drop the baggage of our past and put on new clothing, the new attitudes, the new priorities, the new values of Christ's likeness. And there's some specific things that we can do to move forward in our faith and keep us from getting stuck and grow us in our relationship with the Lord. I find it interesting in this passage, um, we'll, we'll talk about this more in a minute, but in this passage, uh, Peter says, you need to get rid of this stuff. And when people were being baptized in the first century, here's the way they would go to baptism. They would wear old clothes. 
and they would take off those old clothes before they were baptized and put on a brand new white robe after they were baptized, which symbolized putting away the old and putting on the new. Baptism is really a symbol of what should be happening in our lives, putting off the old, putting on the new. Let me just say this. We are always going to be putting off the old and putting on the new. In, in every relationship, all through our lives, we're going to be doing that. We're going to be putting off old attitudes. Here's what happens when you go through stress. You tend to revert back to old bad habits. It's what you know and it's what you're comfortable with. But what God wants to do with that stress is expose those old bad habits and then deal with them at their source so that you and I can grow in our relationship and we don't have to keep going through this junk. Wouldn't you like to get past that junk? Wouldn't you like to stop having the same old bad attitude? Wouldn't you like to do that? Sure you would. All of us would. Okay, so let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about this specific thing that we can do. Well, Peter says, if you're following along in your listening guide, he says, drop the sinful attitudes. When pressure increases in our lives, what's inside comes out. Just like a tube of toothpaste. You press on it, guess what comes out? Toothpaste, if it's real stuff. Whatever's inside is going to come out. You squeeze an orange, what's inside comes out. Whatever you squeeze, the inside comes out. When God squeezes your life and he puts pressure on you, what's inside comes out and what's coming out is not always so pretty for all of us. Pressure reveals our true character. Now listen, if you enjoy living under pressure, you're sick and you need counseling. But pressure is one of the ways that God reveals the true character of our lives. When he puts pressure on us, it is not to destroy us. It is to reveal inside what's really going on. Because all of us tend to put on faces. We all tend to pretend. We all tend to act nice. But when pressure is on, you don't have the strength to keep acting nice. You just act like who you really are. So God brings that and he exposes our weaknesses and our fears. He intends to deal with them. When pressure increases, so does our tendency to revert back to sinful attitudes like malice and deceit and hypocrisy and envy and evil speaking. We revert back to those sinful attitudes. And Peter urges us to lay these attitudes aside. The word lay aside in the original language means to strip off and throw hastily away. In the... Uh, in the New Testament, people would tend to wear these long, flowing robes. And in order to keep warm, they would stand around the fire. And sometimes those robes would get a little too close to the fire, and they would catch on fire. And Peter is saying, get out of that robe in a hurry, because it's on fire. Uh, what Peter wants to say to us is this. When you see that attitude come out in you, that nasty attitude, strip it off like a piece of clothing that's on fire. Get rid of it. 
strip off that clothing as if somebody had thrown acid on your clothes and it was burning through. Get out of it in a hurry. And we want to get out of those attitudes. Now here's really what's wonderful about the Lord Jesus. Because He lives on the inside of you, He will help you get rid of those things. For the first time in your life, you have the power, the capacity through the Holy Spirit to strip off those attitudes and close the door on those actions that used to come out of your life. Those words that you used to say, those attitudes you used to carry around. You can just close the door on it and say, Hey, that's not who I am anymore. I'm not going to do that. I'm a new person. I'm following Christ. And if you do that, He will help you. He lives on the inside of you. and He will help you to make those important changes. Well, you're wearing a shirt, bless you, that was on fire suddenly saturated with acid, you would quickly get rid of it. And we want to quickly get rid of those bad attitudes. This is what Peter intends his readers to do. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. We're going to read some verses and get the idea behind this putting off the old and putting on the new. Romans chapter 13, beginning in verse 12. Verses 12 through 14. Paul, as he writes to the Roman believers, says this, Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of the saints given to hospitality, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. So those are the attitudes we want. We want to put those things on. What do we want to put on? Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer, distributing to the needs of saints, given to hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. That's what we want to put on. We want to put off the other stuff. Peter says, I want you to put off that old stuff like it's clothing that's on fire. Colossians chapter 3. Here's what Paul says to the Colossian believers. Colossians chapter 3, beginning in verse 5. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication. What is that? That's sex with somebody that you're not married to. He says that's something that needs to be out of your life. You don't want to be having sex with somebody that you're not married to. Get it out of your life. It doesn't belong there. You're going to follow Christ. This is something you need to deal with. You can't keep sinning and following Christ. Is everybody with me? Okay, continuing on. Where were we? Oh, yes. Put to death these things in your memory. Fornication, uncleanness. That's toying with the idea of having sex with somebody you're not married to. Uncleanness includes things like pornography. Is pornography something that should be in the life of somebody who's following Jesus? Say no. Of course not. So I want to deal with that. I want to put it away. When you're under stress, guess what you tend to do? Go back to the things that are familiar. Whether it's pornography, 
or overeating or drunkenness or drug abuse or anger whatever it is we tend to go back to that when you're under stress listen anybody can follow Jesus when everything's going good but you have to make a decisive break with sinful attitudes to follow Jesus. And if you are truly a follower of Jesus, if you're truly saved, the Holy Spirit living inside of you will tell you, I want you to get rid of this and I want you to do this. And it's a choice that you and I make. Oh my goodness. I'm off my place again. Oh, there it is. Okay. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness. That's me wanting something that belongs to somebody else. Covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. When you were a lost person, that was okay. Because that's what lost people do. But now that you're saved, now that you're a child of God, you follow Jesus. And that means a change in your priorities, a change in the way that you're going to live. And the Holy Spirit living inside of you will help you to do that. You have the power in your life for the first time to make right choices. Preach it, Pastor. Okay. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Put it all off like burning clothes. What Peter said. And now Paul's saying it. You think he's serious? If we walk in the light as He is in the light, right? If we walk in the truth of God's Word, then these are the things that need to take place. Let me tell you why a lot of people say, well, I have decided to follow Jesus, but I'm just stuck in my life. And they don't ever really make progress, and they don't grow in their faith, and they don't experience the joy and blessing of the Lord. Let me tell you why. Because they won't strip off that clothes that on, the clothes that are on fire. Because they won't get rid of the sinful attitude. They won't just shut the door on that stuff. Sometimes you just have to say it out loud. Somebody was gossiping to me not long ago. And here's what I said. I said it out loud. This gossip stops with me. I'm shutting the door on it. It's not going any further. But I didn't repeat it to anybody. And that's what you need to do. You have to shut the door on it. That's what, that's what the Bible is telling us we need to do. If we want to experience freedom, joy, blessing from the Father, the leadership of the Holy Spirit, if we want to know those things, then we have to shut the door. We have to strip off these bad attitudes. Mercy. Where am I? Thank you for keeping me on track here. Oh, yes, thank you very much. Uh, do not lie to one another. Since you put off the old man, do you see that? Since you put off the old man and his deeds, 
and have put on the new man. Who's the new man? Jesus. You've put on the new man. You've been born again. You're a new person in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. And you keep taking those things off. You put on the new man who's renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Therefore, as the elect of God, that is you. You're a child of God, you're called the elect of God. As the elect of God. Holy and beloved, put on. Here's the clothes you want to put on. Ready? Tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another, even if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to the which you are called into one body. What he tells us, put on the good clothing. Take off the bad clothing. Take it off. Get rid of it. One more passage. Ephesians, please. Chapter 4. Paul writes to the Ephesian believers, beginning in verse 20. Chapter 4, verse 20. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him, and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. How do you do that? Get into the Bible. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you may put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So if I'm a Christ follower, I take off this old stuff and I put on the new stuff. So what are these sinful attitudes we've been talking about? Here we go. You're following along with me, please. What are these sinful attitudes? First of all, malice versus kindness. The word for malice is used of a deep-seated anger, a hatred of others, stemming from basic selfishness. We have been seeing played out in the public square malice. Deep-seated hatred of others that is based in selfishness. Why do people hate each other and want to kill each other? It's because of a deep-seated problem in their hearts called sin. It is a sin problem deep within. It's why we're angry with each other. It's why we fight with each other. It's why instead of trying to understand and be kind, we are angry and we're unkind with each other. It's a sin problem. And Peter says to us, get rid of that. It's not going to help you at all. It's going to hinder you in your relationship with the Lord. So if you're harboring ill will towards somebody, that's the attitude that has to be stripped off immediately. You say, well, pastor, you don't understand what they did to you. Listen to me carefully. I don't care what they did to you. 
strip off that attitude because it's not going to help you. I want what's going to help you and move you forward in your faith. And that attitude isn't going to help you. It's going to hurt you. So get rid of it regardless of what that person did to you. Let God handle that person. You can't do it anyway. Listen to Ephesians 4.32. Still come up here on the screen. There it is. Read it with me, would you? And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. God in Christ forgave you. Now you have a responsibility to forgive other people. Yes, even the people who have wronged you, even the people who have mistreated you, even the people who have cheated you, even the people who have lied about you. Yes, even the people who betrayed you. You need to forgive them. And here's the reason. It's for your good. If you hang on to that bad attitude, it's like drinking poison and thinking it's going to hurt that person. I drink the poison hoping it's going to hurt them. It doesn't help. Strip off that attitude. Get rid of it. And now because Christ lives in you, you have the capacity to actually forgive somebody, even a person who doesn't ask for forgiveness. You can do that. You can make the choice because God's Spirit lives within you. You have the power to do that. That's the power of the Gospel. That's the power of Jesus Christ living in you. That's what it means to be a Christ follower. If you want to hang on to that attitude, then just prepare to be stuck. Because you're not going anywhere. You won't grow, grow in your relationship with the Lord. You won't experience joy or power or blessing. You just won't know it. Deceit, secondly. This is letter B. Deceit versus honesty. The word for deceit means to catch with bait. Deceit is the clever manipulation of other people to serve one's own agenda. We're guilty of this sin when we intentionally misquote somebody. When we make misleading statements about somebody. Or when we utilize innuendo to bring harm to that person. We're guilty of that sin. Ephesians 4.25 Read it with me, please. Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. Do you see that phrase, putting away? It's the same idea that Peter had. He says, get rid of that clothing that's burning. Get rid of that attitude. Get rid of that deceit. Deceitful manipulation does nothing but harm relationships. It's the destroyer of relationships. The reason God wants us to speak the truth is because he knows, he's planned it this way, when you speak truth to somebody, it has the ability to set them free. And it sets you free in the same way. You'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Here's what the devil wants you to believe. Oh, don't tell the truth. Somebody might get upset. Because the devil also knows when you're a truthful person, God can be at work in that situation. The truth will set you free. The biblical principle. So we don't want to be deceitful with people. We want to be honest and true. Is that speaking to anybody today? Thirdly, 
hypocrisy versus sincerity. The word for hypocrisy is used to describe a, an actor. The uh, Greek word is the word from which we get hypocrisy. Hupokrites is the Greek word. And it was used to describe a play actor, somebody who was on stage, and uh, they would actually hold up a mask. And one mask would have a smile on it, and then they'd change the mask to have a frown on it, and they were play acting. It meant to be two-faced. Hypocrisy is to be two-faced. It's to present one thing as true when you know it is not. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy versus sincerity. Sincerity is being who you are, being honest, it's being true. It's being the person that you are. It's being authentic. We use this term today to describe this hypocrites. We use the term hypocrisy to describe somebody that greets you with a smile but really wants to stab you in the back. There's a song that came out when I was much younger. And it went something like this. Smiling faces, smiling faces tell lies. You know they don't tell the truth. That's an old song. That's the idea behind this particular word. Smiling faces tell lies. Somebody who pretends to be your friend, but is using you to gain power, prestige, position, or whatever their agenda is. Peter is telling his readers to be genuine, to be authentic believers, to be who you are. If you're struggling, be honest about it. Romans 12, verse 9, coming up on the screen. Let's read it together. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. The word abhor simply means to hate. Hate what's evil, cling to what is good. Let love be without hypocrisy. Love people genuinely from the heart. Don't be a hypocrite. Strip that off because it's not going to help you at all. Fourthly, envy versus contentment. Envy. This is the discontent, jealous feeling that arises when another person has greater possessions or talents or positions or honors than I do. This is the attitude that springs up in us. Woohoo! When somebody gets honored and we say, well, I wonder why they didn't honor me. called envy. It's a sinful attitude. Well, I wonder why they didn't give it to me. wonder why I didn't get that position. I could do it better than them. I'm more deserving than them. I need it more than they do. I should get on. That's called envy. It's a sinful attitude. And the Lord says, get rid of that because it's not going to help you. It'll cause you to be stuck. You won't get anywhere. You'll not move forward. You'll not experience God's blessing. 
It's a sinful attitude that needs to be stripped off like clothing that's on fire. Sometimes we describe this envy as mental cancer. It's because it eats away at our spiritual health. It's a sin that motivated Joseph's brothers. And they betrayed him. It's the root cause of the rebellion in Miriam and Aaron when they rebelled against their brother Moses. It was the reason that the Jewish leaders delivered Jesus to be crucified. They were envious of the crowds he was drawn. Envy and jealousy are powerful emotions. If they are not checked, they will carry you away into a pit of sin. Hebrews 13.5, coming up on the screen. Let's read it together. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God has promised to provide everything you need. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. We should be content with that in our lives. I'll never leave you, Jesus said. We should be content with that in our lives. Finally, evil speaking versus edification. The word evil speaking means to run down or disparage. It's when you're speaking badly about somebody. This is careless gossip. It's slander, bad-mouthing. We sometimes call it trolling mean-spirited insults and talk. Anytime we discredit or belittle somebody, we are committing this sin. It's a sinful attitude, and if you want to hang on to it, just prepare to be stuck. You're not going to move forward. It's not something Jesus wants in your life. As I said earlier, these are things you have to strip off regularly. Right? Because all of a sudden, pressure's on, and you find stuff coming out of your mouth, and you say, oh my goodness, where did that come from? I just said that. Oh my goodness, that's not what I want. Strip it off. Instead, let's replace it with words that will heal, help, honor, encourage, bless, bring life. That's the kind of words we want to say. Amen. Lord, make my mouth a source of healing and health and honor and blessing and encouragement, not tearing people down or running people down. Please don't get trapped on Facebook trolling on people. It's it's a bad habit and it's sinful. It will hurt your relationship with the Lord. It will keep you stuck. You won't move forward. You need to deal with that attitude. We're all tempted to do it. It's easy. You don't even have to try to do that. It's part of your sinful nature. Here's what Jesus taught us through the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 4. Will you read it with me? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, 
but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to hearers. I can measure my speech this way. Is what I'm saying going to give grace to the hearers? Are my words healing, helping, encouraging, blessing, bringing life? Are my words helpful or are they destructive? Now listen carefully. If you are not watching what's coming out of your mouth, you will bind yourself in spiritual darkness. If you're not watching what you say, you will keep yourself from God's blessings. You will rob yourself of what God wants to do in your life. By what you speak, you can bind yourself or you can loose yourself. By what you speak, you can grow in your relationship with the Lord or you can have a setback. By what you speak out loud, you can help yourself spiritually or hurt yourself spiritually. The reason I'm sharing these things with you is because I don't want you to be stuck. I don't want to be stuck in my relationship. If you ever catch me saying something that is disparaging about somebody, please stop me. Don't even wait till I'm finished. Interrupt me. Stop me from saying it. Because I don't want to be bound, and you sure don't want to be bound, do you? So I want my words to bring health and healing. And because the Holy Spirit lives within me, I have now the capacity to do these things. If we're to grow in Christ, we have to make a decisive break with those sinful attitudes. Those things that used to be a part of our lives. Drop the sinful attitudes. And hanging on to those sinful attitudes is not going to help you. Here's what happens when you hang on to sinful attitudes. It robs you of blessings God wants to give you. You're saying, I don't feel like God's blessing me. Well, maybe he's not. Have you ever thought about the fact that it might be you that's hindering the blessing by your sinful attitude that you're just hanging on to and you won't let go of? It grieves the Holy Spirit. When you hang on to a sinful attitude, the Holy Spirit in you is grieved. Then his ministry is short-circuited. It's like unplugging yourself from the power source. And so now, instead of you knowing that you're a follower of Christ, instead of Him giving you peace and joy, instead of Him guiding your step, you have short-circuited the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, and you're living in your own strength. How do you like that? I don't like it at all. It also hinders your prayer life. You have this sinful attitude, and you try to talk to God. Here's what He says. Hey, I don't want to hear it until you get rid of that attitude. Here's what he says in Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Let's try that again. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. That is, the Lord says, go deal with that attitude, then I'll talk to you. The amazing thing is, when you deal with that attitude, He's ready to hear you. He's ready to talk to you. He's ready to bless you. He's ready to guide you. He's ready to protect you, to provide for you. You don't want to short-circuit that. 
It'll also steal your joy. Now, have you ever seen joyful people? You ground them and you look at them and you say, Oh, I wish I had that kind of joy. Well, you could. You get rid of those sinful attitudes. The sinful attitudes will rob you of joy. Joy is the product of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit controls your life, He produces this in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. All of that fruit comes from Him being in control of your life. If He's not controlling your life, guess who is? You! And what do you produce? Malice and envy and deceit and all that other garbage. It's what we naturally produce. So I want the Holy Spirit in control of my life, producing that other stuff, the good stuff. It also keeps me stuck, unable to move forward, unable to grow. I am stuck. I can't seem to make progress. That's what happens. And you hang on to simple attitude. All right. Here's the good news. The Lord loves you. He loves you so much, He will never let you go. He loves you and cares about you, and He's ready to give you a fresh start. He's ready to wipe the slate clean and give you a fresh start today. That's what's wonderful about the Lord. He's so forgiving and kind and gracious. All he asks you to do is come to him in faith. Believing, believing that he will help you. He said it in his word. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we may confidently say, the Lord is my helper. What about a next step for you? Some of you might need to make a step of saying, I need Jesus Christ as my Savior. I'm going to commit my life to Jesus like Austin did last week stood up right back here in that pew and said, I need the Lord Jesus. I need to commit my life to it. He did that last week. And now, what's the next step? Baptism. And he's wanting to talk about being baptized. I think that's awesome. That's just evidence that he gave his heart to the Lord. I just think that's awesome. I'm excited about that. So you might need to commit your life to Christ. Remember the ABCs? A, admit that you're a sinner. That's really important. You can't come to Christ and say, well, I'm not really a sinner. That's not repentance. Repentance is admitting that you need a Savior. Admitting that you're a sinner. B is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that He died for your sins. Believe that He rose from the dead. That's believing. And third, the C, commit your life to Christ. Commit your life to Him. That's, that's not try God. You try pizza. You commit your life to God. No, it's not trying. It's committing yourself to Him. It's fully believing in Him. It's trusting your life into His hands. You're saying, I'm, I'm turning my life over to you, Lord. That's what that means. So you might need to commit your life to Jesus Christ. Anybody here today that needs to do that? If I ask you to do the same thing that Austin did last week, stand up right where you are. If that's what you need to do today, in here where everybody's cheering for you, you need to stand up right now. You've already made that commitment. I'm not asking you to stand up. If you've never committed your life to Jesus Christ and you know it, I'm asking you to stand up right now, wherever you are. Okay? Okay, good. Here's the second step you might want to take. Maybe you're here, you realize you've put the Lord on the back burner. Say, Lord, I'm kind of going to run my life for a while and you just kind of leave me alone and I'll not seek you and you don't bother me. And that's the way some people are. They kind of drift away from the Lord and call it backsliding. 
Maybe you need to recommit your life to the Lord and say, I want you to be first place again, Lord. I need to commit my life to you. And I want to, I want to follow you with my whole heart. I want you to take charge of my life again. Commit your life to it. Recommitment. We sometimes call it rededication. Is anybody here that needs to do that today? Would you stand up? All right. Here's the third step. I need to go public with my faith by being baptized. We already know Austin's going to do that. Is there anybody else in here that needs to make that commitment today? I need to be baptized. I've never been baptized. I've never taken that step of obedience to the Lord. And I need to be publicly baptized. I want to go public. Is there anybody in here that needs to do that today? Don't worry. If you want to talk, we'll talk. We can talk about it. Here's the last commitment. Maybe you need to drop a sinful attitude and put on a right attitude. We've been talking today about you. You need to put off, put off a sinful attitude. Here's what I would ask you to do. If you know that you need to put off a sinful attitude, why don't you turn that listening guide over and write the attitude down on the back and say, here's what I need to get rid of. And I heard the Lord speaking to me today, and I need to get rid of this attitude. And here it is right here in print, and I'm giving it to you, Lord. I'm giving it to you today. I'm stripping that off, and I'm putting on kindness or love or whatever it is you need to put on. Just write it on, write it on the back of that listening guide. Make that commitment to the Lord. Okay. Would you join me as we pray together? Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for today. Thank you for your presence and the ministry of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your word. I pray that you will help all of us to strip off those old sinful attitudes, the prejudices and all those awful things that creep into our lives, bad attitudes, the sinful attitudes, the selfishness, the deceitfulness and manipulation, the anger and the malice, the unforgiveness, cutting people down and speaking badly about them and we need to get rid of those attitudes, Lord. I need to get rid of those attitudes in my life. I don't want to be speaking things that are not honoring to you. So help me to speak what is worthy of you. Help me to speak in a way that honors you and brings healing to others. Help me to speak life and not death. Help me to speak encouragement, Lord, and not troll on people. Help me to do those things by the power of your Holy Spirit. Help these young people, Lord, as they seek to grow in their relationship with you. Help them to take steps of faith and to grow in their faith and walk with you. Lord, give them boldness and courage.